Uh, we're going to be thinking about sharing who we are. And in this reading, Jesus shares something of who he is, and that was quite a revelation to the person he shared it with. The reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 4 to 30. Now Jesus had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming and when he comes he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, 
Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, Christchurch. Sorry I can't be with you this morning, but uh, it's great to be able to share with you as we think about this passage and as we link it to our theme um, of what it means to live our lives uh, for God day to day on our front lines. And uh, this morning I want to start with a question, and that is to ask you whether there have ever been times when you have felt not quite good enough, you've felt inferior in some ways. And it might be just because of the circumstances you're in. Uh, I know for myself, there's times when perhaps I've uh, uh, been part of a group where I felt I've got nothing to contribute here. I'm not as good as other people. Or maybe a trivial example, when I'm uh, playing in a cricket team and everyone else seems to be a lot better than me. And uh, I'm thinking, do I deserve to be here? I'm that little bit inferior. Or maybe it's something a bit more deep-rooted. The structures and prejudices of society can leave people feeling not quite good enough. Uh, that's been highlighted, hasn't it, with the Black Lives Matter um, thinking and protests recently, the conversations where we've heard stories, really uh, moving and powerful stories of people um, being made to feel inferior because of their race. Um, it can also be a, a byproduct of uh, educational or social inequalities um, or it might be because of some of our own prior experiences in life where other people have made us feel that little bit inferior and that really knocks our self-confidence. Well that was no less true in Jesus' day. In some ways the inequalities were even more pronounced. You had the religious elite, you had the Roman powerhouses, the slave owners, a society that valued men more highly than women, um, the old over the young and the learned over those lacking education. And time and time again, Jesus turns those values on their head. And we've got a prime example in today's reading. For historical reasons, the Jews were looked down on, sorry, the Jews looked down on the Samaritans. Men looked down on women. And yet, at the village well, we see this wonderful example where Jesus gives dignity and value and time to a Samaritan woman with life-changing effect. And from the start, we're drawn into her sense of inferiority, being not quite good enough. Jesus asks her for a drink. It's a very innocuous request. Her response, but you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me? For a drink. He's crossing all sorts of boundaries and she's immediately suspicious and taken aback. And they go on to have this most incredible conversation where she shows pretty decent knowledge and he shows remarkable insight, with the end result being that she recognises him, Jesus, for who he is. In the course of the conversation, we um, discover that she has a, a rather dubious relationship history. Surely that's even more reason for her to be looked down on. And yet Jesus treats her with respect. He engages with her on an adult level. And gradually the penny drops as to who he is. 
and she recognises so much more of her own value and identity. Instead of being stigmatised and treated as a nobody, she's treated as a somebody. How do you think that made her feel? How would you feel if you were treated in that way? We've got a powerful uh, image in verses 28 to 29 of a woman sharing of, of her experience unashamedly, boldly and enthusiastically. It says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? The whole encounter with Jesus has been life-giving to her. And she can't help but share it with others. In this moment, she's not bothered about what others might think because she's found something greater. And she races off to town, not with some sort of prescripted testimony or some sort of four-point gospel illustration. She's not even done a first-century alpha course. Helpful though that might have been. She simply speaks out. She shares her experience, natural, joyful and fresh. She's a messenger of the gospel, to use our six M's language. Earlier on, you will have heard the interview that uh, Anita did with, with Becky. And Becky spoke about expressing vulnerability as she acknowledged her dyslexia publicly. And she did so with a desire to empower others. Here in our story, the Samaritan woman is making herself vulnerable by speaking out about her experience. And in so doing, she empowers others. How others judge her no longer matters. She's tasted of the life-giving water. People might be able to question her past, all the, all the five husband stuff, but they can't dispute her lived experience and her encounter with the Messiah. And when we share our faith, we share of what we know, what we know of God through scripture and what we know of him in our own experience. And we don't have to be perfect to do that. We just have to be ourselves. And as we continue to read this passage, we read of the fruit of an amazing little cameo piece this is. Verses 39 to 42, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Stop. <laughs> Just imagine the joy at hearing those words from someone you've shared Jesus with. As we encounter Jesus, we discover who we really are and hear God's voice of affirmation. And as we find our true identity in him, we're able to be more real with others, without fear of what others might think. In the language of ordinary Nguyen, we become wounded 
healers. There's that little uh, phrase and image hidden away in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 of treasure in jars of clay. We are like jars of clay, ordinary, maybe a bit damaged, nothing special in the world's eyes, a little bit inferior perhaps to the you know, wonderful fancy pot, but we've discovered the treasure of the gospel. In John 4 terms, we've discovered that life-giving water. And our vulnerability and our ordinariness enables others to see what's within, to see the beauty and the thirst-quenching nature of Jesus. We may not be quite good enough as we measure ourselves by the world's standards, but by the grace of God, we're judged by a different standard that frees us to be who we really are without fear. Amen.